Go to um, Psalms chapter 51. Psalms chapter 51. Anybody take time this week to kind of look through this, what we were talking about last week? Um, these three words in Psalms 51 that a lot of times we just kind of, we just kind of group them as one, right? There's the word sin, there's the word transgression, and the word iniquity, right? And although we could say they all refer to sin, why then does he um, use the three different terms, right? So in Psalms chapter 51, Verse number one, have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me throughly from mine iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin, for I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Right? So he uses these three terms transgressions, iniquities, and sin. Okay? And uh, last week the question was asked, what is the difference? And my answer was very theologically sound, I believe, uh, because I said, I don't know. <laughs> I think that's a very theologically sound answer there, right? Um, and so I said, we're going we're gonna to kind of look through that. And so did anybody, anybody take the time this week to, um, to look through that and see kind of maybe what you think is the difference between the, the three? Because obviously there's some type of difference if he's using three different terms here, Okay. So, what do we find? Tell me what you found. Miss Patty? Okay, so sin would be with all of us, okay. 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 So you're saying the sin was lust, the transgression is the action? Okay, all right. Okay, so sin is the the sin itself, dealing with lust, you said in this passage, transgression is the action of it, and then iniquity is the habitual practice of it, okay, all right, okay, anybody else, what, what else did you find, good answers, yeah, Corey, So you're saying transgression is more kind of like the action against someone um, and then iniquity is dealing with the immorality? Mm -hmm. Okay. 
All right. Ms. Donna? And that, you said that was kind of with iniquity? So iniquity kind of dealing with uh, something that's going to benefit me, I, I doing something wrong to someone else, but that it, it will turn out to benefit me? Okay. Yeah, that's good. Okay. Anybody else? Anybody else? Yeah. So I've, I've, what I found, it's very interesting, and um, if you go back to the book of Exodus, right, the book of Exodus, chapter 34, obviously Psalms 51 is not the only place that uses the three terms in the same passage altogether, right? Psalms chapter 34, Psalms chapter 34 Um, look in verse number five. The Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord, excuse me, the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth. Now watch what he says here. Keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. And that will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and upon the children's children and the third uh, unto the third um, and to the fourth generation. So even God says here in Exodus 34 as God has, has come down into the tabernacle um, and you have the, um, or excuse me, not the tabernacle, but as God comes down and he's giving the, um, the law, obviously we see um, back in chapter 20, um, he gives the law the first time, and then, of course, Moses ends up breaking it. Under. But here he comes down, and he says in verse 7, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. So here God uses all three as well, right? He uses iniquity, he uses transgression, and he uses sin, okay? Iniquity, transgression, and sin, okay? Um, so, what is transgression, what is iniquity, and what is, is sin, okay? Um, I think, again, I think we all understand sin is something we could say is, is a general term that we could say would basically encompass all sins, okay? Um, there are specific sins, though, that the Bible speaks about, whether it would be immorality or whether it would be theft or whether it would be covetousness or whether it would be murder or these different things, right? Um, and so there are specific sins. But here, as God is speaking of this, it's, it's almost as if he breaks sin down into three parts, if we could say, Right? Um, not that there are three types of sins. Obviously, there's many sins, but he breaks sin down into, into three parts, it seems like, right? He's talking about iniquity, 
transgression and sin. And as I was studying through this, um, obviously, um, well, let's just kind of let's just kind of start with um, with how he he says it here, and um, in in. God says, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, okay? So what is iniquity, okay? Is iniquity just immoral sin? Obviously, when we think about Psalm chapter 51, we know we're dealing with an immoral sin of adultery, but there's also the sin of murder that is here, right? So what is, what is iniquity, right? Um, obviously, you can, you can look up different um, different terms and things like this, but I think iniquity is is something that is is deeply rooted. Okay, when we look at this iniquity, again, as as I think we go through this, I think there's a progression here with what God is saying. There is iniquity, there's transgression, and there's sin. Right. So iniquity, it seems to be what we would say almost a, um, a premeditated choice, right? It's coming from the heart. There's a premeditated choice, right? Um, and, and then to, to commit iniquity, we would say then, is to that, that desire, that premeditation, if you want to use the word premeditation, but to continue in this sin, Okay? So let me, give you, let me give you an example, right? So iniquity. When did David sin? Did David sin when he committed the sexual act of adultery with Bathsheba? Is that when he sinned? No, that's not when he sinned. Now, that was a sin, but when did he sin? When he saw her and he lusted after her, Right? So he sees Bathsheba, and he begins to lust, and there is now a, there is a premeditation about what's going to happen, okay? Now, again, please understand, please understand, the temptation was not sinful, okay? If, if David would have walked outside, and he looks across the city there, and he sees Bathsheba bathing, and he turns around, and he says, Lord, please forgive me. I, I, I saw something that I just should not have seen. Lord, forgive me. And, and he goes on. I don't believe that would have been a sin. That wasn't a sin, right? Yes, did he see something maybe he shouldn't have seen? Yes, but he didn't remain thinking about it. He didn't continue dwelling upon it and fantasizing about it, right? The problem was that that's not what he did. The problem was he didn't turn away. He didn't try to make it right. He kept thinking about it. He kept fantasizing about it. He begins to inquire, who is she? And then he creates this plot, right? So there is this premeditation for sin, right? Um, again, he, um, even after he uh, commits what we would say the actual act of immorality or adultery and sends her back to the house then he she says hey a couple you know days later months or a month later or a couple weeks later hey I'm pregnant and David again what does he do 
instead of getting it right, he knows there's something wrong. What does he do now? There is a premeditation. There's something in his heart that is going to now try to cover it up by having Uriah come back from the the field of battle and try to get Uriah to go to the house to sleep with his wife so that it's covered up to make it think that, well, it's Uriah's child, right? And then when that doesn't work, what does he do? Again, there is a premeditation in his heart. Now, I'm going to write a letter to the captain of the guard, the captain of the host there, and this letter is basically Uriah's death sentence. You see, this was all a, this wasn't something that just, whoops, this just happened. No, this was a premeditation, right? This is something that is coming from his heart, okay? Now, is there in iniquity, because I've, I've read some places too that iniquity is the guilt caused by sin as well. And no doubt there can be some guilt, right? Obviously, David was, was guilty in that he was trying to cover it up right? But he wasn't, he didn't feel enough guilt to repent of it. Well, he said, well, David repented. Yeah, after Nathan points his finger in his face and says, you're the man, right? But as long as he could try to hide it, oh, Uriah's dead, so I'll go ahead and take Bathsheba to be my wife, and nobody knows about it except for Bathsheba and I, right? Now, obviously, I'm sure there was a few other people that knew what had happened, right? But trying to cover it up, right? Brother Corey? Yeah. Right, exactly, right? What was, what was that verse again? Yeah, um, that's, that's a great verse there again. He says, woe to them that devise iniquity. Well, where do you devise iniquity? In your heart, in your mind, right? That's where you're thinking those things, right? Again, woe to them that devise iniquity, okay? Um, a really, uh, another interesting passage that, that I read here. Go to the book of Ezekiel. Uh, the book of Ezekiel. lost the passage here. Hold on, I'm going to find it here in a second. This is not one where I know where it is on the page, okay? (laughs) in Ezekiel chapter 28. Uh, 
Ezekiel chapter 28. So here is, um, I'm trying to remember what, what do you call this? What's, what's the term, Dad, when there is, he's speaking to someone, but it also has a prophetical, there's a term for that. I can't remember what the term is. Put him on the spot. He can't remember it either. Anyway, so in Ezekiel chapter 28, he is speaking to the king of Tyre, but there's also, a, there's also another, there's something else that's going on in here as well. Okay, so watch this. Um, he says in verse 12, Son of man, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyrus, and say to him, Thus saith the Lord God, thou sealest up the sum full of wisdom and perfect beauty. Now, was there a king of Tyrus? Yes, there was a king of Tyrus. And he is writing some of this about the king of Tyrus, but there's also something deeper in this because the king of Tyrus is a picture of Satan here. Okay, so watch what he says. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Okay, now this king of Tyrus, the physical king of Tyrus that was there, was not old enough to be in the garden of God. Okay, so there is, there is, a, there is a message here that God is giving referring to Satan here. Okay, and this is what he says. Thou hast been in Eden in the garden of God. And watch what he says. Every precious stone was thy covering, the sardis, topaz, diamond, right? All of these different things. Okay, the workmanship of thy tabrets and thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou was created. So again... Please remember, Satan is a created being. That means he does not have any power of his own. The only power that he has is any power that God gave him, which means it's limited, right? He's a created being, okay? Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth, and I have set thee so. Thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Thou wast perfect, in thy ways from the day that thou was created. So God says Satan was, was perfect. He was the, the best angel that God created. But watch this. Till iniquity was found in thee. What was found in him? Iniquity. What was this iniquity that was found in him? Well, if you go back to Isaiah... Isaiah, we find what this iniquity was. In Isaiah chapter, uh, let me see here, chapter 14, I think it is. Isaiah chapter 14. What was this iniquity? Verse number 12. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down? cut down that it's weakened the nations for thou hast said in thine heart here's the iniquity right it deals with the heart thou hast said in thine heart i will sit upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north i will ascend above the heights of the clouds i will be like the most high so here's what is happening satan is saying all these things in, the, in his heart this is what i'm going to do this is this is taking place in his heart this is what he's saying for thou hast said in thine heart, I'm not satisfied with what God has made me to be. I want to be greater. I want to be like God, and therefore I'm going to overthrow God. That began in his heart, right? So I think when we look through Scripture dealing with iniquity, I think iniquity, and again, I'm just, I'm just trying to explain it in a way that, that I can understand this, okay? Because, again, I, I'd never really thought about the difference between iniquity, transgression, and sins before, okay? 
So just to, to help me understand it, it seems as if iniquity begins in the heart. Iniquity is a heart issue, right? It's coming from the heart, okay? Again, think about what, um, uh, how does James, hold on a second, um, Um, in James chapter 1 and verse number 14, but every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed, and when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin when it is finished bringeth forth death. So again, think about that. It begins in the heart first. That's what he's saying. It's being conceived in the heart. That's that iniquity, right? Again, David would have never committed adultery with Bathsheba if he would not, if that iniquity would not have been found in his heart. And if you think about it, what does he, let me get back to it there. Um, he says, um, blot out my transgressions, but wash me truly from mine iniquity, right? This is something that David says is within him, right? It's, he's saying, wash me from this, right? It's something that began inside, in his heart, okay? So you have iniquity, then, as God says, transgressions, right? Again, he's, the Lord says, right, God says, um, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, right? So transgression. Again, I, I think if we understand this, the word transgression, um, the word transgression means rebellion, right? It's, uh, there's a crime that is being committed, okay? Um, if we think of the word uh, trespass, right? Uh, you know, you see the signs, no trespassing. What does that mean? It means there, there's, there's something you're not allowed on, right? Maybe it's property, right? And that's what those signs are up there, no trespassing. You go past this point and you are committing a crime, right? You're trespassing. You're doing something that you should not be doing, right? So a, it's um, a trespass or a transgression I think is now that that iniquity is there, now it becomes, um, there's, there's an intentionality now to, to do it, right? The iniquity is there, it's in the heart, that's where that begins, that lust, right, that desire, but now there's a transgression, there is, there is an intention, now I'm going to act upon it, Okay? I've been thinking about it, right? Remember what Micah said, that iniquity is, I'm laying on the bed thinking about it, to do the evil. There's a transgression now that is, that is going to take place, okay? Um, so again, there's this idea of transgressing, right? First, first John chapter 3. First John chapter 3, um, think about what he says in verse number 4. Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. So there's this iniquity there, right? But then there is an understanding, there's an understanding that this is wrong, that I should not do this, right? Everybody understand? Okay. So there, there is... There's a desire, there's the lust that is there, 
Did David know it was wrong to take Bathsheba and have that sexual relationship with her? Yes, right? He knew it was wrong. Now, he sees her. He begins having those thoughts that iniquity was there. But then the transgression is now he is intentional about it. Now he is purposing. He's planning. He's trying to figure out what to do, how to do it, how to accomplish what his flesh or his desires now want. Right? So there's, there's an intentionality about this. Okay? There's a, there's a transgression. There's a law that said, do not do this. God's law says we are not to covet. God's law says we're not to take our neighbor's wife. We're not to commit uh, adultery. God said that. David says, I know that God says that. There's a no trespassing sign, if you would say, but I'm going to do it anyway. Does that make sense? Right? So there's the iniquity. There's seeing the thought that where it begins, if we could say, and then there's the intentionality to do it, right? I mean, he makes all these plans about it, and then, what does he say? And sin. The sin was the actual action that he took, right? The adultery, the murder, right? So, again, I'm, I'm just, I'm trying to explain it so that I can understand it myself better, okay? So it seems like God says there's, there's kind of three parts to, to sin. There is, there is the iniquity of it, right? There's the transgression, and then there is the sin itself. Again, whether that is adultery, whether that is theft, whether it is whatever, right? That's the sin, but it didn't begin here, right? It began in the heart with iniquity, right? That's, that's the heart issue. And then there's the intentionality. There's, there's the planning of it. Again, think about what he says there. And that's a, I wish I would have found that verse, uh, but that's a great verse that um, <clears throat> Brother uh, Corey brought up, Micah 5.2 there. Um, because think about what he's saying. Now I can't even find the book of Micah. Where is the book of Micah? There it is. In Micah chapter 2 and verse number 1, Woe to them that devise iniquity and work evil upon their bed. When the morning is light, they practice it. Right? Do you see the three parts there? There's three parts. They're devising iniquity, right? They're working it out now. How am I going to accomplish it? And then they do it. Right? So, and again, transgression, it is, is it sin? Yes. Is iniquity sin? Yes. Is the sin sin? Yes. Right? But it's like God's, it seems as if God is breaking it down and showing the, the, um, the progression of it. Right? There's a progression here. Right? Brother Corey? If you think about it, for me, it's like manslaughter versus like murder one. So, manslaughter is an act of killing, right? Mm-hmm. Murder one is having the thought to kill someone, the plan to do it, and then the Right. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly, yeah. I don't know if I would have gone that way, but that's a great way to put it. <laughs> it's, it's Don's fault, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so again, go back, with, go back with me to Psalms, right? Uh, 
So again, he says, have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions, wash me throughly from mine iniquity, cleanse me from my sin, right? So there's all three parts there. There's the iniquity, the transgression, the sin, okay? The the iniquity was he saw her, he began to think thoughts that he should not begin to think. He began to to fantasize, to, to have those desires, right? The transgression was then he now began to plan how to do it. Yeah, again, this is not just a, uh, an oops, you know. Uh, this is now, this is something that he is desiring and he's planning how to accomplish it. Now, by the way, he could have stopped there as well. He could have stopped there. He could have said, Lord, what am I thinking? What am I planning? This is absolutely wicked. This is evil, God, forgive me, right? He could have stopped there, and he would not have committed the the sin of adultery, right? But he continues. He continues through it, right? He commits the sin of adultery. Then he does the very same thing with with trying to hide uh, the sin and now committing murder and covering up the sin. Um, One thing you do need to be careful of, and especially sometimes in the Old Testament and New Testament, we do find different words, um, in Romans chapter 8, um, in Romans chapter 8, in verse number 26, he says, likewise, the Spirit helpeth our infirmities, right? Don't, don't confuse infirmities with iniquities, okay? Infirmities and iniquities, again, sometimes we think a word can sound the same, we just think, well, that's what it means, right? The word infirmity and the word iniquity is not the same word, right? Um, what does the word infirmity mean? Anybody know what the word infirmity means? Joe? Okay. It, the, it can be an illness, right? The, the term infirmity can be an illness, right? Um, but it can also mean something else, right? Because here, in this passage... Right? He says, likewise also the Spirit helpeth our infirmities. It's not, not talking about an illness, right? Anybody know what the, Jesse? Weakness, right. So the, the word infirmity also has to do with weakness, right? Obviously, when you're dealing with an illness, you become very weak, okay? And, and again, context is going to explain that. When the Bible talks about um, the woman who was, um, you know, had an infirmity, right? That's dealing with its weakness, but it was an illness that she had, right? But here, the idea of infirmity uh, has the idea of weakness. The, the, the Spirit helpeth our infirmities, our weakness, right? Spiritually, our weakness, because sometimes we don't know what we need to ask. We don't know what we need to pray, right? We're kind of weak in that area. Um, so just, again, be careful that you don't, don't get some of these words confused, but um, in the last minute or so, anybody have a, uh, have a question about kind of that idea of um, iniquity, transgression, sin? Corey? Mm-hmm. 
Right, yeah, and, and don't, don't misunderstand. Don't think that iniquity is not sin. That is sin, right? Because we are, we are desiring something that we should not have. That's, that's lust. There's, there's iniquity there. That is sin. So also is the transgression is sin, right? All, all three of them are sin, but when he uses the term sin at the end here, that sin is referring to the actual act of adultery and uh, murder that he's saying. But all of them are sin, right? Iniquity is sin, the transgression, the, the, the thought of how to do it, that's sin, and even the action of it. Now, again, and that's a good point, um, in, in those days, many times it was more sin was just the act of it, Right? That's why adultery was only adultery if you committed the act of it, right? Murder was only murder if you committed the act of it. That's kind of their thought process. And what does Jesus say? Huh. No, 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 no. Where does it begin? In the heart. And that's where the sin takes place. Brother John? The action has been committed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, very good. Yep. Yeah, Brother Dennis, real quick. Yes. Absolutely. And that's why we find there in Psalms 51, what is David doing? He's going to God and asking for forgiveness. He's repenting, right? And again, not because he lost his salvation. Don't ever think that Psalms 51 teaches loss of salvation. It does not. And that's why later on, I think it's in verse 12, I think it is, where he says, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. He didn't lose his salvation. He lost that joy of it, right? Okay. Very good. That was a great question, Miss Marilyn. That was a wonderful question to be able to go through, and I appreciate that. That really helped me to understand some things better as well, so thank you, and uh, that's, why, that's why we do this, right, um, to help each other to learn, so I appreciate that, all right? All right, well, let's have a break. God bless you. We'll be back in just a few minutes for our service.